0: With his presidency flailing, Joe Biden tries to pivot, but is it too late? Plus, Jeff Zucker was reportedly schtuping his top deputy for 25 years and directly helping out Andrew Cuomo. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Do you like your web history being seen and sold to advertisers? No? Well, me neither. Get ExpressVPN right now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, We have 40-year highs in inflation. And the stock market seems to be taking a massive hit. Right now, you might be thinking to yourself, man, I wish I'd listened to Shapiro a little bit earlier and diversified into gold. 40 years ago, Ronald Reagan saw massive inflation unlike anything the country had ever seen before until today. In Reagan's own words, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Right now, your retirement accounts are under attack thanks to inflationary policies of this administration. If you've not yet called Birch Gold the only people I trust to help you diversify your 401k and IRA into gold, you are missing the boat. Actually, you're treading water and there's no life vest. Actually, the life vest is made of lead. Birch Gold has your life vest. Let them help you convert an IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. With thousands of satisfied customers and eight-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your savings. Text Ben to 989898. Get a free information kit on gold. And for a limited time, when you buy, Birch Gold will send you a signed copy of my brand new book, The Authoritarian Moment. Text Ben to 989898 to get your free information kit right now. Again, text my name, Ben, to 989898 to get your free information kit right now. Okay, so I'm going to begin today with some new revelations about Jeff Zucker. So Zucker is out at CNN, and hilariously, the entire CNN host coterie is very upset about this. They say they are shocked. They are stunned. He was such a good But Why is he being ousted? Just because he was having a consensual, loving relationship with his top deputy, Allison What? Why? Why would this happen? Well, the answer to why this would happen, as it turns out, is because Jeff Zucker has apparently been knocking boots with this lady since the mid-90s and then elevating to every job she ever held afterward. According to Rolling Stone, in relationships, timing is everything. And the timeline on Jeff Zucker and Allison coupled coupledom is not only off by more than two decades, say sources who have worked with the pair, the CNN power couple also repeatedly lied about their relationship to their corporate bosses. According to CNN President Zucker's February 2nd resignation memo to staff, the romantic relationship, which marked a flagrant violation of corporate policy given that Gallist, the, nation's, the, the network's top communications executive, was a direct report to Zucker for most of her nine-year tenure there, began sometime in the past two years. Gallist said in the same memo, Jeff and I have been close friends and professional partners for over 20 years. Recently, our relationship changed during COVID. I regret we didn't disclose it at the right time. Zucker said the relationship evolved in recent years. Zucker noted in his memo that Warner Media's ongoing investigation into Chris Cuomo, who was fired in December for a breach of ethics after it was discovered he'd been advising his brother, former New York Gov, Andrew Cuomo, while the latter faced accusations of sexual harassment, brought the affair to light and prompted his resignation. It seems the probe, which is being overseen by the law firm of Kravath, Swain & Moore, again, one of the most tony law firms in all of America, is unearthing plenty of embarrassing details about the goings-on at CNN. The scope of the investigation has now expanded to include Zucker and Gallus' relationship with Andrew Cuomo, too, according to a Warner Media source. But sources who worked closely with Zucker Zucker and Gallus, dating back to their days at the Today Show in the mid-90s, dispute their statements in the memo. In reality, these sources tell Rolling Stone, Zucker became romantically entangled with Gallus back in 1996. Is this 25 years ago, when she was trainee in NBC's corporate communications group, and he was the married executive producer of The Today Show? It was the worst kept secret, but Jeff was seen as untouchable, says one insider. And their statements in the memoir are total BS. In fact, the pair have skirted the issue multiple times in the past. At least one investigation into their relationship had been carried out by Warner Media well before COVID. But Zucker and Gallus denied the romance over and over again, says a knowledgeable source. Nothing changed in the corporate hierarchy's reporting structure. A WarnerMedia spokesperson denied that any such investigation had ever been launched, but acknowledged that both parties had been asked about the nature of their relationship multiple times, including after a New York Post gossip item hinted at a romance when they were spotted arguing at a Hollywood reporter party in 2017. The pair repeatedly denied any impropriety. A representative for Zucker said, quote, Jeff resigned due to an undisclosed personal relationship. A representative for Gallist did not respond to Rolling Stone's request for comment. Well, here is the backstory. On May 1st, 2020, this is according to Rolling Stone, Jason Kilar took the reins as CEO of WarnerMedia and immediately set about overhauling the sprawling entertainment and media conglomerate owned by AT&T. In the process, Zucker, who also served as chairman of WarnerMedia's news and sports division, lost oversight of CNN's finances and human resources as well as corporate communications, the division run by top executive Gallist. Sources say Kilar was aware of rumors that Zucker was in a long-term relationship with Gallist, who was also the network's chief marketing officer. And that Zucker, given just 24 hours' notice of the move, was livid. He's very angry that suddenly his lover is not working for him any longer. His lover is now working for Killar. Killar's sudden restructuring prompted several journalists to begin chasing the story of Zucker and Gallus' unorthodox union. Back in September 2020, this reporter placed calls to Warner Media and specifically asked if Killar's decision to move Gallus out from under Zucker was a result of learning about their relationship, which was in violation of the company's code of conduct. At the time, a Warner Media spokesperson declined to answer and referred the matter to Gallus herself. Still, a behind-the-scenes executive showdown ensued, and Zucker appeared to have prevailed. After the May 2021 announcement that AT&T would be spinning off WarnerMedia and merging it with Discovery, Kilar, reportedly blindsided by the news, began negotiating his own exit. Zucker was rumored to be getting a bigger role in the new entity because he was very close with the Discovery CEO, David Zasloff. Gallus, in turn, was supposed to become the head of CNN, (laughs) so Zucker was going to fail upward, Kilar, who was trying to clean house, was going to be ousted, and Gallus was going to take Zucker's place as the head of CNN. So corrupt, so terrible. But those well-laid plans came crashing down when the investigation into Chris Cuomo began sweeping up embarrassing details concerning Zucker and Gallist, including emails and other evidence that painted an undeniable picture of the duo's romantic relationship. The evidence only surfaced in recent days, say two sources, and Killar basically used this as an excuse to chop off Zucker's head. Facing termination, Zucker resigned and is not poised to receive any severance. Sources say Zaslav was not involved in the decision to cut ties with Zucker. But this isn't the only problem. It turns out that apparently Catherine Forrest, a former U.S. district judge, who's actually overseeing the legal investigation into all of this, Forrest is apparently investigating not just Chris Cuomo's alleged help in helping his brother Andrew, but also Zucker and Gallus' help. The source says the investigation suggests Zucker and Gallus were advising Andrew Cuomo at the beginning of the COVID pandemic in ways not dissimilar to what led to Chris Cuomo's dismissal. As Andrew sparred on a daily basis with then-President Trump over COVID messaging, the couple provided the governor with talking points on how to respond to the president's criticism of the New York crisis. They booked the governor directly to appear on the network exclusively, which became a ratings boon for CNN, with Chris Cuomo doing the interviewing. Cuomo and Gallus conduct too would appear to mark an ethical breach for executives acting on behalf of an impartial news organization. And again, Rolling Stone says over the past three decades, the Zucker-Gallus relationship was no secret inside the newsrooms of, of NBC or CNN. Within a year of Zucker and Gallus commencing the affair, according to multiple sources, Gallus leapfrogged from trainee to the role of senior publicist for the Today Show, Zucker became her boss, a paradigm that continued for years to come with only two brief interruptions. Through a series of promotion, her purview expanded. She added oversight duties for NBC News, MSNBC, CNBC, and Weather Channel, as well as NBC Nightly News, Dateline, and Meet the Press. So Zucker was nailing this intern, basically, and she kept moving upward with him. He just kept elevating her in stature to the point where eventually he was going to move up at Discovery and she was going to end up as the head of CNN. Meanwhile, both of them at CNN were calling up Andrew Cuomo to advise him on how to handle the pandemic and comms with Donald Trump, which makes perfect sense considering that Jeff Zucker knew Cuomo and Gallus had once been a senior comms director for Cuomo. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Not only do blinds enhance the aesthetic appeal of your home, they also offer practical benefits. By effectively blocking out harmful UV rays, they help protect your furniture and flooring from fading, ensuring your interiors retain their beauty for years to come. Their insulating properties help regulate the temperature inside your home, keeping it comfortable year-round while potentially reducing your energy bills. With over 40,000 five-star reviews, Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. You can measure and install them yourself or have Blinds.com send local professionals to take care of the installation for you. There's no showroom, no retail markets, matter how many or installation is just one low cost. And if you don't have an eye for design, blinds.com experts are always available to help choose the style and color right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee. With hundreds of styles and colors to choose from, blinds.com is sure to have the perfect treatments for your windows. Shop blinds.com's anniversary sale right now through March 13th for up to 50% off. Again, save up to 50% off for limited time at blinds.com. And when you check out, don't forget to tell them you heard about them at the Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. In 2000, Zucker became president of NBC Entertainment and quickly pulled off a series of splashy deals, including signing Donald Trump to host The Apprentice and Joe Rogan to host Fear Factor. Oh, the irony. In 2009, Goss was named executive VP of corporate communications at NBC Universal, becoming the chief spokesperson for Zucker. But then in June 2010, Zucker was ousted as Comcast was about to complete it's fifty-one percent acquisition of the NBC Universal. He was paid thirty to million, 30 million to forty million dollars to leave, and then five months later, Gallus resigned. And then, as Zucker was plotting his media world comeback, both he and Gallus became intertwined with the Cuomo brothers. In twenty twelve, Gallus took a post as comms director for Andrew Cuomo. Not long after Zucker joined CNN, one of his first hires was Chris Cuomo. Very quickly after that, Gallus resigned and joined Zucker at CNN, where she was named senior vice president of communications for CNN worldwide. Unbelievable. Gallist says she now plans to stay with the network, even if any ascension plans have evaporated. Well, that that makes sense. I mean, what else? Who's going to hire her? Who's going to look at Alison Gallist as anything but a hire by a guy who was having sex with her, allegedly, for 25 years? By the way, they were both married for, for a large portion of this time. So these are just the delightful people who are running the most trusted name in news. And the CNN staffers are angry, but they're not angry at Jeff Zucker or Alison Gallist. They're angry at Chris Cuomo. Now, listen. Chris Cuomo is a douchebag, but Chris Cuomo is not responsible for this. Chris Cuomo is just pointing out what everybody apparently at CNN knew, which is that Zucker and Gallus were doing exactly what Chris Cuomo was doing, except they were also knocking boots at the time. (laughs) It's all absurd. It's all absurd. It's an incestuous little pathetic circle. It's really, really funny. Apparently, CNN employees are really, really mad at Cuomo, according to reports. From Politico, everyone here is heartbroken and shocked. People are blaming us on Chris. Not a lot of love between CNN and Chris Cuomo for a while. Apparently, Jake Tapper said, an outside observer might say it looks like Chris Cuomo succeeded. He threatened Jeff. Jeff said, we don't negotiate with terrorists and Chris blew the place up. How do we get past the perception that this is the bad guy winning? Well, I mean, listen, I-, I like a lot of what Jake does, but all of these people are the bad guy. I'm-, I'm not aware that Chris Cuomo is not the bad guy, but Jeff Zucker is the good guy. He and Alison Gallist, or overtly, apparently, advising Andrew Cuomo in the middle of the pandemic while running the most trusted name in news. I mean, this is a corrupt yuck, yuck. But this is how it works. The rules didn't apply to these people until it became convenient for the rules to apply to these people. Like, Warner Media had to know that these two were lovers for years. I mean, apparently everybody in town knew. Megyn Kelly says everybody in town knew. Like, everybody. And they just kept failing upward. Because let's face it, Jeff Zucker has done nothing successful since he ran the Today Show. He blew up what was the best nightly lineup. At, uh, I mean, really, the best comedy lineup probably in the history of TV. Like this massively successful nightly primetime lineup at NBC, and Jeff Zucker came in and just destroyed it. And then he somehow failed upward into the position at CNN, and he was about to fail upward again into a position at Discovery. That, that's, how this, that's, that's how all this works. So what really happened here, what really happened here is that Killar, it sounds like, took his revenge by initiating this investigation on the basis of Chris Cuomo's lawsuit, and then use that as a way of, of getting Zucker out. Which suggests, once again, the rules only apply when the powerful want them to apply. It's really not that there's a, a set of rules that Zucker and Gallus violated. They've been violating the set of rules for 25 years. Every HR violation in the world sounds like it happens right here. I mean, she, she was his direct inferior at a company. That is like a blatant HR violation. And then beyond that, they were coordinating with outside pl- politicians that they were supposed to be covering on an objective news level. It's amazing stuff. But that's how it always works. Always and forever. Right? Mercy for my friends, the law for my enemies. Which is why, by the way, Don Lemon, who is the chief of the cancel culture brigade. I mean, Don Lemon just spends all day long trying to get people canceled. He does not like anybody he doesn't like shouldn't be on TV. Shouldn't be hell out of platform. Now he's out there defending Whoopi Goldberg. Of course, of course. Lemon says, in this environment, we have to be allies to each other. Sometimes your allies say stupid things. Sometimes they say dumb things. But guess what? They're your allies. They're at least on your side. And they're trying to learn. We have to stop trying to cancel people and shouting down our allies. Notice the the repeated use here by John Lemon of the word allies. Right? the, The consistent attempts to suggest that there is a double standard here. That if they are your friends, then of course, we have to stop trying to cancel people. But... If they're not your friends, then you can destroy them. I love that Lemon Lemon says, Whoopi is an ally to the Jewish community. Oh, really? In what way? Name all the ways. Whoopi Goldberg is a massive ally to the the Jewish community. She was retweeting anti-Semitic pro-Palestinian nonsense just a few years ago. I'm not aware that Whoopi Goldberg is is an extraordinary exponent of anti-Semitism, of fighting anti-Semitism. But according to Don Lemon, who's an expert on this sort of stuff, Whoopi is an ally to the Jewish community. Yeah, tell me about it, John. Please tell me about how much of an ally Whoopi Goldberg is to the Jewish community. The guy wearing the yarmulke, tell it to me, right to my face. said, she is. She said something she shouldn't have said. Okay, fine. But don't put her in a corner and marginalize her. Use her to the best of your ability to get the conversation and your points across about what's wrong about that kind of thinking, because she's not the only one who thinks it. Okay, now, here is my rule. My rule is, Don Lemon is generally correct. We should have conversations with people, and the conversations can be enriching, and we can all learn from one another. Unless you hold by the cancel culture standard. If you are a member of the mob, you do not get to claim immunity from the mob. Then the mob should eat you. You made the rules, and you should abide by those rules. You made the bed, and now you get to lie in it. Whoopi Goldberg is very fond of getting people canceled. I'm fine with Whoopi Goldberg getting canceled. Same thing with Don Lemon. Same thing with Jeff Zucker. Same thing with Allison Gallist. I mean, Jeff Zucker and Alison Gallist actually violated some basic professional rules. So they should be fired no matter what. But when it comes to the generalized attitude of the left toward when the rules apply— They only apply to quote-unquote allies. It just demonstrates there are no rules for the left. There is just pure power. Okay, in just one second, we're going to get to Joe Biden, who's desperately attempting to swivel. Finally, he's attempting to pivot. It may be too late. We'll get to that in just one moment first. If you run an e-commerce business, you know shipping is a giant pain in the butt. Like which carrier to use? Are you getting the best rate? Is it going to get there on time? Well, here at The Daily Wire, we know all the answers to those questions because we have been using Stamps.com since 2017. Stamps.com takes all the hassle and guesswork out of shipping out your orders. You can easily compare shipping rates and delivery dates. You get all the best carriers, all the best rates, all in one convenient place. No more hunting for rates on multiple carrier websites. No more paying retail prices for shipping. Stamps.com gives you access to a wide range of deeply discounted shipping options with up to 40% off U.S. Postal Service rates and up to 66% off UPS rates. For over 20 years, Stamps.com has helped over a million businesses save time and money on shipping. Stamps.com automatically connects to your online stores and brings in the shipping info for all your orders. All you have to do is print the shipping labels and stick them to your packages, and then Stamps.com integrates with all the most popular online marketplaces and shopping carts, including Amazon, Etsy, and eBay. Once the packages are ready to go, schedule a pickup or drop them off. No traffic, no lines. Start shipping and saving today with Stamps.com. No risk, With my promo code Shapiro, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and digital shipping scale, no long-term commitments, no contracts. You'll be up and running in just minutes. Head on over to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in Shapiro. That is Stamps.com, promo code Shapiro, Stamps.com, easy e-commerce shipping for less, a lot less. Okay, so meanwhile, Joe Biden is poised to hit the economic skids. Tech stocks took a massive dump yesterday. That is largely thanks to Meta, which is the former Facebook company, just getting trashed. They lost like 26% on their stock value because they actually had a reduction in the absolute number of users who were using Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg, for his part, blamed TikTok and the rise of TikTok, which again, goes to show you that in the tech world, there really is no such thing as a long-lasting monopoly because eventually, everybody gets overtaken. Eventually, there's always somebody with a better algorithm. And the TikTok algorithm is astonishingly good. The TikTok algorithm, designed by the Chinese, what makes it good is that very often on platforms, you can sort of promote your content into virality. On TikTok, they have an ability to identify potential viral content without the marketing dollars. And so you get a bunch of stuff in your feed that is more viral and is like, it's a very, very sophisticated algorithm. In any case, Facebook took a just a complete trashing yesterday. They gave a disappointing financial forecast helping the major indices snap a four-session winning streak, according to The Wall Street Journal. The tech-heavy the tech Nasdaq Composite Index dropped 3.7%. That was the worst day since September of 2020. The S&P 500 fell 2.4%. PayPal and Spotify also took a massive hit. Spotify was down 17% over recent days. The payments giant lowered its 2022 profit outlook. The streaming company elected not to provide an annual guidance. Both companies suffered sharp drops in their stock prices. According to the Wall Street Journal, the setbacks reflect the increased scrutiny companies are under as major U.S. stock indices remain near record highs, and the Federal Reserve is preparing to raise interest rates for the first time since 2018. So people are shedding their high-performing stocks that don't actually have solid profits underlying them. Rising rates tend to reduce the multiples investors are willing to pay for a share of company profits, a trend that stands to mean pain for stocks already trading at lofty valuation. So if there are stocks that are overvalued, they're likely to recede back to the norm. The level of forgiveness has gone down, said Daniel Genter, chief executive and chief investment officer at RNC Genter Capital Management. When boards come to their shareholders to confess their sins, they're just not going to be pardoned with one Hail Mary. The the Facebook parent company surprised investors with deeper than expected declines in profit and a downbeat outlook. The company said it expects revenue growth to slow and shared that it lost about 1 million daily users globally. Shares declined 26%. That is the worst daily performance since Facebook even opened in 2012. One of the new problems here is that the company's challenges include a new ad privacy policy from Apple that Meta expects to cost them more than $10 billion in lost sales for 2022. That requirement that apps ask users whether they want to be tracked limited the ability to gather data used to track digital ads, driving advertisers to change their spending. Meanwhile, by the way, companies like Amazon just made bank on advertising. So Facebook, which again is free because basically they gather data on you and then they use that data to market to advertisers, Apple's new policy was basically designed to cut Facebook off at the knees, and it, it succeeded in that. Meta's $232 billion drop in market value exceeds the record Apple set in September 2020, when the iPhone maker lost about $182 billion in a single day. Now, when we say that they lost this much money, don't, we don't mean that they have like cash and the cash just went away. What we mean is that the stock is trading at a lower value. So when you say that Facebook lost a couple hundred billion dollars, it doesn't mean that Mark Zuckerberg actually had his bank account strained. It just means that his stock is not as marketable. Some strategists said the recent slide in shares of speculative tech companies should serve to remind investors a robust market rally relies on advances by a variety of stocks. They warn they expect more big stock swings ahead of any hint of slowing growth. Yum Ma, chief investment strategist at BMO Wealth Management, said the market can't just be driven by a small number of mega cap companies or tech companies. There should start to be more of a recognition. It's not going to be tech that leads us out of this pullback. In other words, you need actual innovation that drives actual goods and services that people wish to consume, not just goods and services that people engage in for free. There have to be actual profit models. And again, it's, it's not just Facebook. Spotify took a massive hit. PayPal took a massive hit. And we're about to head into a deflationary cycle. with the the Federal Reserve cutting back on its own inflationary policies. So Joe Biden has a world of hurt heading for him and his own economic policies make that world of hurt worse. So for example, yesterday, Joe Biden signed an executive order boosting construction workers. Federal construction workers now have to be unionized is the basic idea here. Every federal construction project over $35 million will now require project labor agreements, which means that unions get paid. So the taxpayer gets to foot that bill too. So Joe Biden's economy is likely to slow. It's likely to grind to, to a bit of a halt here because with the failure of loose money and with the, with the failure of this administration to move on from COVID, they have a real problem on their hands. And, and that continuation of the COVID panic is tanking the stock market. I mean, it's, it's giving people a very you know, hang dog look about the economy for sure. Meanwhile, by the way, all over the world, people are opening up again. It's only Joe Biden and the blue states that are refusing to really open up. The WHO, for its part, the World Health Organization on Thursday, offered Europe hope of a long period of tranquility even enduring peace in the war on coronavirus, with a growing list of nations lifting almost all COVID curbs, according to the Agence France-Presse. WHO Europe director Hans Kluge spoke of a ceasefire that could bring us enduring peace with high vaccination rates, the milder Omicron variants, and the end of winter in sight. This context leaves us with the possibility for a long period of tranquility, he said. He said, even with a more virulent variant than Omicron, it's possible to respond to new variants that will inevitably emerge without reinstalling the kinds of disruptive measures we needed before. So all over the world, people are realizing that this is stupid and then it's time to, to end it. The problem for Joe Biden is that he's been stuck in I will end COVID mode. And he's now created an entirely paranoid set of American citizens who believe the minute you take off a mask, you'll be struck by the wrath of God. And that is not a recipe for economic success here. Again, he's got tech stocks that are tumbling. He's got the Fed, which is set to taper and is set to raise its interest rates. And he's got to get out of this somehow. So the Biden pivot has now begun. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about saving money on gas. So I just went to the gas station the other day. It's like 3.80 dollars a gallon where I live. Those are big prices. If I can save money on gas, why wouldn't I? And the same holds true for you. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download that free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code Shapiro for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up, cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download that app for free. Use promo code Shapiro for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a year in cash back. There is no cash. The cash back gets added directly to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account. PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download that free GetUpside app, use promo code Shapiro, get 25 cents per gallon or more, cash back on your very first tank of gas. That is promo code Shapiro again. Head on over to the App Store or Google Play right now, get that free GetUpside app, just download it, type in my name, Shapiro, and you will get up to 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your very first tank of gas. Alrighty, so Joe Biden has to pivot. He knows he has to pivot. And so Politico is now reporting that the White House is thinking about pivoting. Quote, The White House is preparing to move on from Omicron. Emboldened by falling case counts, the Biden administration is plotting a new phase of the pandemic response, aimed at containing the coronavirus and conditioning Americans to live with it. The preparations are designed to capitalize on a break in the months-long COVID-19 surge, with officials anticipating a spring lull that could boost the nation's mood and lift President Joe Biden's approval ratings at a critical moment for his party. Biden and his top health officials have already begun hinting at an impending new normal, and a conscious messaging shift meant to get people comfortable with the scenario where the virus remains widespread, yet at more manageable levels. So here is the problem. The big problem for the White House is that they are not capable of doing this. The reason they're not capable of doing this is because the minute they say you have to live with this, everybody goes, so why have you been doing this the whole time? See, here's the thing. Places like Florida, where I've been living since October of 2020. Places like Florida have been living completely normally with this virus since at least March of 2021, so for almost a year, we've been living completely normally. Since the vaccines were tranched out, everybody got vaxxed. Who wanted to get vaxxed? Everybody who didn't want to get vaxxed didn't get vaxxed. And then everybody went back to work. Everybody started going out to to parties. Everybody started hanging out with friends. Everybody started going to ball games. All this was happening for a year. You know why? Because the approach in Florida was always calculate your risk and then mitigate your risk as you see fit, and then. When the absolute level of risk goes down, you will live normally because that was the approach from the beginning. The approach even in 2020, like the middle of 2020, right after the pandemic ensued, the approach was let's shield the elderly, but then you get to make decisions about how you wish to live your life. And a lot of people like me were very cautious. I was cautious up until the vaccines were available because I was in touch with my parents. My parents were 64. So that meant that I wanted to be careful. I didn't want to give COVID to them. I didn't want them getting very sick from COVID. Then they got vaxxed and... I got vaxxed and my wife got vaxxed and then we were done because at that point we had mitigated our risk enough to feel safe. This is what happens when you give people freedom. When you give people freedom, they will inevitably move toward exercising that freedom. It's just one of the things about freedom. Once you tell people they can make their own risk assessments and that they are capable, rational beings, they start to make risk risk assessments. You may not like how they assess that risk, but once you give people the power to do that, they then get to assess that risk. And you don't do it anymore. So it's not on your head anymore. The problem for Joe Biden is he said, I have to assess the risk for all of you. And my risk assessment rules all of you. And now he's stuck between a rock and a hard place because he played up the risk throughout the pandemic that people would die of every age, despite the fact that this thing is wildly age striated. And that if you were a young person, your chances of dying from any form of Delta were about 1000 times less than if you were an elderly person. He never mentioned that. The Public health establishment didn't mention that. And so he boxed himself in. And so even if he should snap his fingers today and say, boom, the risk is gone. How many people do you think are going to take that seriously? I have serious doubts that people in blue states are going to take that seriously. Instead, they're likely to say what is true, which is Joe Biden is only saying that for political purposes. Because he has trained them to be very afraid at all times from COVID. He said, you have to delegate all of your decision-making responsibility. All of your risk assessment will be delegated out to the quote-unquote experts. You're not the expert. You can't can't decide your own risk. I will decide your risk. Fauci will decide your risk. Zeke Emanuel will decide your risk. And the problem is, the public health establishment is geared toward one thing and one thing only. And that is mitigating any risk. Which is why you have members of the public health establishment simply lying about the risks of this stuff. Because the minute that they actually admit it's over, they go away in your lives. They no longer have any power. Those of us who haven't been listening to Fauci for quite a while here don't care about what Fauci has to say. But those who've been trained that everything Anthony Fauci says is what matters most in life, you can't just say, I, Joe Biden, assess this risk to no longer be a risk. And then you've got Anthony Fauci and Zeke Emanuel saying differently, who do you think people are going to listen to? I mean, Zeke Emanuel literally went on MSNBC last night and he purveyed misinformation. And the entire left, which accuses Joe Rogan of purveying misinformation on COVID, what he's about to say right here is just not true. Parents have to be more willing. I think they hear some of these rare side effects and I think think they're very common. Uh, If with uh, the Omicron variant, you know, kids are either going to get the vaccine or they're likely to get a serious condition of Omicron. Having Omicron with the vaccine is almost invariably going to be better uh, and safer for children. Um, I am confused about parents attitude. Why are you confused about parents attitude? I don't know any long-term studies on how the vaccine affects children. I know that Omicron is, my kids all had it, they're fine. Also, I know by the data that the, that the natural immunity that arises from actually getting the disease is far more durable than the vaccine immunity. And I know this because Marty McCarry, Johns Hopkins University, literally tweeted out the stats yesterday. Two years after people are infected, they have better immunity than two years after they were vaccinated or a year after they were vaccinated. So the White House is kind of stuck here. They want to pivot because they know the more that people are worried and paranoid about COVID, the more the economy is going to continue to skid. So according to Politico, the White House is wary of declaring victory too early, only to get hit with another catastrophic variant, a half dozen administration officials and others close to the COVID response said. Officials are also anxious that voters will be disappointed by the idea of living with an endemic virus under a president who once pledged to shut it down completely. And they realize it will take vigilance and billions more dollars from Congress to prevent the nation from backsliding into crisis once again. Half of that ain't true, right? This is when, you're com- when your worldview is completely off, you have two choices. One, shift your worldview and announce that you made a mistake. Or two, keep doubling down. And Joe Biden has to keep doubling down because the minute he announces it was a mistake, guess who the hero of this story is? It is no longer Joe Biden. It is no longer Andrew Cuomo. It's the evil, horrible, no good, very bad Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who took the exact opposite approach. And they can never allow that to happen. I love this. The White House is wary of declaring victory too soon only to get hit with another catastrophic variant. That is a rationale for Forever measures. Because guess what? Forever and for all time, there may be a future variant or a future pandemic or a future disease. You don't know what's around the corner. So we're all supposed to live like this forever because something bad could happen tomorrow. Let's just live in our houses forever. Officials are anxious voters will be disappointed by the idea of living with an endemic virus. 70% of Americans say they're ready to live with this thing, according to polling from last week. They might be disappointed with Biden for having lied to them, but that's why he shouldn't have lied to them. (laughs) I'm sorry, if he said, read my lips, I'm shutting down the virus. And then he can't, and he never could. Number one, people who believed him were idiots to believe him. And number two, Joe Biden is a liar. But he can't let go of the lie because then he's proved to be a liar. We are moving toward a time when COVID doesn't disrupt our daily lives, said one administration official, who requested an anonymity to discuss the internal deliberations. But in order to get people to view the pandemic differently, they have to feel differently about the pandemic. And herein lies the problem. Joe Biden and company, they told a group of people that if they get vaxxed 97 times and wear masks everywhere and mask their kids everywhere, they are the good ones. But guess who Joe Biden is going to have to tell to relax now? All the people who listen to him. All the people who didn't listen to him but living normally for a year. For many people, more than a year. Those people who were never listening to Joe Biden. Now he has to go to his most ardent supporters and say, guys, you got to live like the people who didn't do it right. All those people who've been living without the masks, many of whom just relied on their natural immunity. All those people, you got to start living like those people now because those people, their, their current risk assessment of the situation is better than yours. You think Joe Biden has the stones to go back to his own crowd and say that? Ever? He wants to pivot. He needs to pivot. He cannot win victory without pivoting. But the minute he pivots, there's only one way to do it. And he has to slap the people who support him the most. There is little talk so far about disbanding the COVID response team though some burnt-out aides have mused about leaving as soon as the spring. As to what metrics will signal success against the virus, officials say, they're still figuring that out and hope they know it when they see it. It's something we need to answer, the senior administration official said. If you talk to six doctors inside and outside the administration, you get six different answers. For now, Biden's COVID team is counting on an expanding supply of vaccine and therapeutic to accelerate the transition to the next pandemic phase, allowing people to safeguard themselves against COVID-19's worst effects before and after an infection. First of all, most of us have been doing this the whole time. Regulators are expected to authorize the vaccine for children under five in the coming months, a major milestone in building out the country's COVID protections. No, it's not. Sane parents don't. Leanna Wen of CNN yesterday was like, I'm not sure that three-year-olds should be getting the vaccines. Do we have any really good data on that? The administration is stockpiling new treatments like antiviral pills that are shown to significantly, significantly cut the risk of severe illness. Well, I mean, yeah, but they shouldn't have to stockpile that. They should just put that on the shelves like right now, like just have Pfizer produce as much as humanly possible, and put it on the shelves. After initial hesitation over the need for ramping up the availability of at-home testing, the administration now views easy access to rapid tests as core to persuading people that can safely live with the virus. Why? Why? You can safely live with the virus without the, without the test. Easily. It is not hard. The White House post-Omicron planning comes even as the U.S. is still grappling with an explosion of cases and deaths, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, the administration wants you to change your attitude, but they don't want to change anything they're doing. They they don't want to change a single thing they're doing, but they want you to change your attitude. How exactly do they hope that that's going to work? I mean, listen to this. Even as it maps out the next stage, the White House has ruled out making a splashy show or major announcement regarding a hard pivot back to normalcy. There's a fear among AIDS over repeating last year's July 4th Freedom from the Virus celebration, an event that turned politically disastrous weeks later when the Delta variant fueled the swift resurgence of the pandemic. And though it faces pressure to back off from some of its more notable and onerous public health policies, the administration is also unlikely to drop its indoor masking recommendations, which are seen as among the key tools for preventing new outbreaks. Preventing new outbreaks? But that's not the point. You're not going to prevent new outbreaks. First of all, we now know, according to virtually every authority that Biden can cite, that cloth masks do nothing against Omicron. So what the hell are you talking about? Officials instead describe plans for a more subtle shift over the next several weeks toward touting Biden's achievement in rolling out vaccines and treatments and emphasizing the everyday things people can do again if they're vaccinated. So again, they're just gonna keep saying the same exact thing they've been saying the whole time. But the vaccinated are the scared ones. The vaccinated are the ones who aren't going back to work. The vaccinated are the ones who are trying to mask up their own kids. The vaccinated are the ones who are shutting down schools. Again, Joe Biden has no systematic ability to say to his own base that he has been wrong and they have been wrong, and that even if they were right at the beginning, they are wrong now. He can't do it. There's no way for him to do it. And so this pivot is going to fail. It just is going to fail. In just a moment, we'll get to something that went right for the Biden administration yesterday and then quickly started to go kind of sideways, which is weird. We'll get to that in a moment. First, do you have an account with Coinbase? Are you thinking of opening one? With an Alto Crypto IRA, you can trade crypto like Bitcoin and avoid or defer the taxes. So, as you know, I'm a crypto fan. I own Bitcoin. I own Ethereum. I think it's a lo- I think of it as a long-term investment, right? Bitcoin is volatile, for sure. But that does not mean that over time, as more and more people engage in Bitcoin, it isn't going to raise the price. That is what has happened with Bitcoin historically. Get into investing in crypto. Do it in a tax advantage retirement account. Alto's Crypto IRA is the easy way to get crypto into an IRA. Trade all you want without the tax headache. Create an account in just a few minutes. Invest with as little as 10 bucks. No setup charges. Secure trading 24-7 through Alto's integration with Coinbase. There are 80-plus coins available, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Cardano. If you want some sushi swap with your Bitcoin, no problem. Alto has you covered. Industry-leading security, the advanced encryption standard for wallets and private keys, multiple ways to fund your account. You can make a cash contribution, transfer cash from an existing IRA, or roll over an old 401k. Or you can open an Alto Crypto IRA account with as little as 10 bucks. Just go to altoira.com slash Ben. That is altoira.com slash Ben. Start investing in cryptocurrency today. Go to altoira.com slash Ben. All right, we'll get to Something that went right for the Biden administration and then quickly started to go a little bit wrong. First, it is that glorious time of the week when I give a shout out to a Daily Wire member. Today, it is TJ Moe on Twitter who understands the fundamentals of great parenting. In this picture, TJ's adorable toddler daughter is sitting on her bedroom floor taking a big swig from the world's most elite beverage vessel. The caption reads, Raising our kid right, start him young. Indeed, that is solid dadding. Thanks for the pick. Thanks for being a Daily Wire member. Speaking of which, if you're a member, then you actually get to see all the magic of Shut In. Because next Thursday, February 10th, will be the world premiere of Shut In, Daily Wire's first original film at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central over at Daily Wire's YouTube page. The suspenseful thriller follows a young mother trapped in a pantry by her violent ex and his meth addict friend. She has to escape to save her kids before it is too late. Here's what Jeremy Boring had to say. My business partner says, Shut In is a fiercely independent, powerful movie about motherhood and redemption. It's riveting, challenging, and highly entertaining. Check out the trailer. See for yourself.
1: Jessica,
0: I can smell the weakness from here. Over intense stuff. I just watched this the other night. First time I'd seen it. Actually, I'd read the script, but it was the first time I'd seen it. I watched it with my wife, and yeah, it freaked her out. Don't forget, Shut In is premiering next Thursday, February 10th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, over at Daily Wire's YouTube page. We entered the entertainment space to send Hollywood a message. You don't have a monopoly on film anymore. The release of Shut In is just our next step in proving it. Also, you may have noticed that basketball has now been infiltrated with woke, but there is one star who's been standing up against this nonsense. Orlando Magic player Jonathan Isaac is publishing a book with the Daily Wire about the rise of his basketball career, his journey into faith, and his strength to stand alone in the face of immense social pressure. You'll remember that Jonathan is the one guy in the entire NBA bubble who refused to kneel for the lies of the Black Lives Matter movement. This autobiographical account will give insight and inspiration to anyone looking to take the woke out of sports. The book is available for pre-order right now at Amazon. So reserve your copy today. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Alrighty, so meanwhile, Joe Biden, he actually did get a good economic report today. So there's a jobs report that came out today. It said payrolls were up by about 467,000, which is a large win for him because the expectations, according to one report, is that we're gonna actually lose jobs in January. The White House had been downplaying the jobs report saying it was all about Omicron, which suggests that nothing that's happening right now is about Omicron. It's just about whether people go back to work. I mean, like if you stay out of the way, the economy will do fine. It's not about Omicron. It's about what people do with Omicron. OK, so it's, it's you know, all the talk about Omicron being the deciding factor is, is really not real, which is why Joe Biden should just declare the thing over and be done. And yes, slap at his own base. But he's not going to do that. Meanwhile, there was an, another piece of good news for Joe Biden yesterday. So Joe Biden yesterday announced the death of an ISIS leader in Syria and said that the guy had blown himself up, unfortunately, along with several children. Here's what he had to say.
1: The United States military forces successfully moved a major terrorist threat to the world. The global leader of ISIS. Known as Haji Abdullah. Our team is still compiling the report. But we do know that as our troops approach to capture the terrorist in a final act of desperate cowardness, he, with no regard to the lives of his own family or others in the building, he chose to blow himself up, not just to the vest, but to blow up that third floor rather than face justice for the crimes he has committed.
0: So that is a big win for the United States. Killing ISIS leaders is definitely a good thing. Now, the problem is that pretty quickly there started to be allegations that actually the guy hadn't blown himself up. that apparently the U.S. raid had been carried out in such a way that it ended up basically getting a lot of kids killed. This was the allegation anyway. It was an allegation that that was being made by some people on the ground. And it actually prompted the Pentagon to admit yesterday that it might review Syrian air raid reports. Because, of course, they had said something similar, you'll recall, about the killing, the supposed killing, of members of al-Qaeda and ISIS in Afghanistan. And it turns out that they actually just knocked out a guy and his family. So this would not be the first time there'd been a screw up in terms of whether a bunch of civilians were killed who didn't need to be killed. Not saying that that's what happened here. Now the Pentagon's acknowledging they might need to do an actual investigation. There's been no decision to do a review or investigation right now, uh, Nancy. This Again, this operation is not even 24 hours old. Um, as the secretary said, we'll, we certainly are, are willing to take a look Uh, to see if there's uh, any possibility that anything that we did might have caused uh, harm to innocent life. Uh, But I have no investigation or review to speak to today. Okay, so we are waiting on more information on that. And of course, we'll bring you more information on that. But win for the United States in killing an ISIS leader. So that could be a good pivot for the United States. Another good pivot for the Biden administration that would be good for the United States would be to prevent Russia from invading Ukraine. Because if Russia invades Ukraine, presumably China will look on and then invade Taiwan. Now, it is unlikely at this point that Russia is going to invade Ukraine while the world's eyes are focused on China. Like Beijing doesn't want any attention distracted from the Olympics right now, their propaganda effort over in Beijing. And so what they don't want is for international conflict to break out in the middle of the Olympics. And Putin and Xi Jinping are working very closely together. And so it is unlikely that for the next few weeks, while the Olympics are going on, that there will be an invasion of Ukraine. That's sort of the going conventional wisdom. In any case, yesterday, the United States, however, announced that they thought that Russia was planning to fabricate a pretext to invade Ukraine, which would not be a shock. They tried to do this last time with regard to Crimea. According to the Wall Street Journal, Russia is planning to prefab to fabricate a pretext for an invasion of Ukraine by releasing a staged video depicting attacks by Kiev military forces. U.S. officials said Thursday, citing newly declassified intelligence. U.S. officials said they went public with the information to expose Russian tactics in an attempt to avert a conflict inside Ukraine. The latest in a series of similar moves in recent weeks. So basically, they're saying we know what you're doing, so don't do it. The intelligence shows a Russian plan to stage a prefabricated attack by Ukrainian military or intelligence personnel against Russian sovereign territory or against Russian speaking people to justify an incursion into Ukraine. This is exactly what Hitler did when he invaded Poland. And basically the idea is that that you fabricate the idea that somebody else is attacking you and then in quote unquote response you attack instead. The plan would include Moscow's use of a propaganda video that would depict graphic scenes according to administration officials of a staged false explosion with corpses, actors depicting mourners and images of destroyed buildings and military equipment. The equipment in the video would be made to look like it is Ukrainian or from nations belonging to NATO according to the officials. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby said, this is one example that we can talk about today. We've seen this kind of activity by the Russians in the past. We believe it's important when we see it like this and we can to call it out. The video they said could include depictions of Turkish made... Bayraktar drones used by Ukraine, which has angered Moscow in the first place. Okay, so this is what the United States said about it. But then when they were questioned, they couldn't actually provide any evidence of this. So the State Department spokesperson, Ned Price, he's asked by Matt Lee, who's a, a pretty ballsy AP reporter, where is the information here? Like you keep saying that this is true, but you're not providing us any of the data that backs it. And the administration just keeps saying over and over, well, I'm telling you. And Matt Lee keeps saying over and over, right, but you telling me things doesn't mean that it's true. We did WMD in Iraq. I was there for that. Here is the State Department spokesman.
1: What evidence do you have to support the idea that there is some propaganda film in the, in, in the making?
0: Matt, this is derived uh, from information known to the U.S. government, intelligence information oh, okay. that we have declassified. I think, you well, know, OK, well, where where is it? Where where is this information? It is intelligence information that we have declassified. Well, where is it? Where's the declassified information? And he doesn't have any information on that. So there really is a lot of trust me going on. But listen, when it comes to Ukraine, the proof is going to be in the pudding. If Putin is deterred from invading Ukraine and no serious concessions are made to the Russians, that will be a win for Biden. So again, this is a critical period for the Biden administration. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's say you were a duke of an intergalactic house and one day your emperor decided to give you an additional desert planet to rule. Well, you'd probably think that sounds like an amazing gift. Wrong you are, because that same emperor decided to blindside you and murder you in your sleep. Pretty sure Duke Leto really wished he had some life insurance the moment that hunter-seeker pierced his body no one likes to talk about life insurance, but it's incredibly important and you need to include it in your financial planning this year. Start shopping now with PolicyGenius. Find the right policy to protect your family today. Give yourself the peace of mind that comes with knowing that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover all their expenses while getting back on their feet. PolicyGenius's technology makes comparing life insurance quotes from America's top insurers easy. Just a few clicks. You already have a life insurance policy through work, but that might not be enough. And if you move jobs, then it doesn't follow you with PolicyGenius. You can find life insurance policies starting at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. When they make it this easy, there really is not an excuse not to do it. Save time, money, provide your family with financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click that link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. If they hope to pivot, the pivot has to happen right now. And you can see Biden trying to pivot on a wide variety of topics. Right now, there's major crime in the cities. A major crime in LA, Major, there's an entire piece in Los Angeles Magazine about the spike in violent crime in Los Angeles. Murder rates are up tremendously. The LAPD, meanwhile, is actually considering an end to pretextual stops of motorists and pedestrians, supposedly because everything is racist. This is according to Hot Air. Quote, the LAPD is considering limiting pretextual stops of motorists and pedestrians by officers investigating serious crime arguing they aren't effective and have undermined public trust in the police, particularly among Black and Latino residents who have been disproportionately targeted in the past. Such stops involve officers citing minor traffic or code violations as a pretext for stopping motorists, bicyclists, or pedestrians who they suspect may be involved in more serious crime. This has been used for decades by the LAPD, especially in South LA and other areas where gun violence is particularly high. So you're starting to see, again, in LA, in New York, bad police policy. Even Eric Adams, who just took over in New York, hasn't been able to do all that much about the crime because the biggest problem in New York is that Eric Adams has very little power in New York. Right? Eric Adams can appoint the commissioner of the NYPD. That's all he can do. The DA is an elected position. And the DA basically has decided in New York, all these Soros-funded DAs, all of these Soros-funded DAs have basically decided they will not enforce any criminal law ever again. And so New Yorkers are looking around going, yeah, you, you're, not, you're not helping me. Yesterday, there was video of New Yorker saying that Joe Biden can't do anything to stem violent crime.
1: Crime is becoming very an issue. I know people won't get on the subway. It, it, people
0: rearrange their day around it. Crime is out of control in New York City. When you get too lax, these type of things happen. I think it's a total waste. He's going to do absolutely nothing to help New York City. Okay, so... Joe Biden has some real problems because of the crime in the city. So yesterday he visited with Eric Adams and while he was there, he announced that he doesn't support defund the police any longer.
1: The answer is not to abandon our streets. That's not the answer. The answer is to come together, the police and communities building trust and making us all safer. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to give you the tools, the training, the funding to be partners, to be protectors and Community need you and know the
0: community. Okay, so this inarticulate old man babbling—he's trying to pivot. I think it's unlikely that he is able to pivot because, again, his base will never allow him to pivot. But the fact that he wants to pivot shows that he now knows the Democrats now know they are in serious trouble. Come twenty twenty-two, come twenty twenty-four, if they don't pivot, the problem is they may be locked in by their own ideology to a place where they can't pivot. They are now like Ross trying to get that couch up the stairs in the stairwell. Like that pivot ain't happening. The the. Angle of of turn is just too great. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. First, final note, for all of you accounting folks out there who've been waiting for your chance to work on staff with The Daily Wire, here is your chance. We are currently looking for a superb staff accountant to join our rapidly expanding finance team in Nashville, Tennessee. In this position, you'll work closely alongside Daily Wire's accounting manager and senior accountant to assist in completing a variety of critical financial duties to keep our Daily Wire business running smoothly. If you have one to two years of previous professional experience in a similar role, a high level of attention to detail, and a strong team player attitude, we want to hear from you. To apply for this staff accountant opportunity to view a full list of current openings at Daily Wire, please visit dailywire.com slash careers. Okay, as said, come back here later today. You'll get an additional hour of content first. Don't forget to end your week by tuning into The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's shows every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. So head on over to dailywire.com at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, and tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld, executive producer Jeremy Boring, our supervising producer is Mathis Glover, and our production manager is Pavel Wydowski, associate producer Bradford Carrington. Editing is by Adam Saevitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Koromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina.